You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Wednesday edition here on Listen Up. It's Grant Napier. Hope you all are doing very well. Getting ready for Thursday night football tomorrow. Not a real good game with Baltimore and Miami. The uh, NBA tonight with a very busy schedule, including the Kings, who open up a four-game road trip against the struggling San Antonio Spurs at three up and seven down. A lot of other things going on off the field. Of course, the uh, Aaron Rodgers criticism continues and I don't know if that's going away anytime soon. I really don't. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I really don't. I, I think the society that we is so damn judgmental and everyone's perfect. Nobody ever makes mistakes. And it's just kind of a crazy, crazy period of time uh, in our country. So if you want to talk about that or anything else going on, uh, give me a holler by hitting your hand icon, and we will get you right on. All right, I've got a question for everyone. College football, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State are one, two, three, and four, respectively. Cincinnati is five, Michigan is six, and Michigan State is seven. Now, Michigan and Michigan State are eight and one, correct? They both have one loss. When Michigan and Michigan State played, who won? Michigan State won, correct? So they each have one loss, and yet Michigan is ranked ahead of Michigan State. I mean, that would be like saying Oregon and Ohio State have a loss apiece. Oregon is ahead of Ohio State. And they should be ahead of Ohio State because they beat Ohio State. And they beat them in Columbus. So for Oregon, who has not had as difficult of a schedule as Ohio State, the fact that they have one loss each is the reason why I have no problem with Oregon being third and Ohio State fourth. Oregon beat Ohio State and Oregon lost to a bad Stanford team. I know that Michigan State just got upset, but they beat Michigan. They each have one loss, and I don't understand that. I do not understand that. So if you want to talk about that or anything else going on, uh, this is a open form Wednesday. So you can bring anything to the table in this crazy world uh, that we're living in. I'm not an attorney, and I never want to be an attorney, but I found it very interesting to read the comments from the attorney 
representing Henry Ruggs. All right. Quote, and I'm going to read this quote. I have been doing this for 40 years. And I can tell each and every one of you that I have had multiple experiences where the facts that were presented at the outset of the case turned out not to be the facts. So that's why I keep saying, please don't prejudge. Let us do the work in the courtroom. The state, the prosecutor will do theirs. And that's when the facts will be determined. Unless Henry Ruggs passed out behind the wheel of his vehicle because he was under a prescribed medication or some other unforeseen reason, even that to me would not excuse him for driving because driving under the influence doesn't only mean driving under the influence of alcohol. It just means driving under the influence, period. Okay? Henry Ruggs obviously was, based on the video that we saw after the accident, was coherent, although he was two times over the legal limit in the state of Nevada, and he was going 156 miles per hour, which is really not in dispute due to the computers and everything else that are now on our vehicles when there are accidents. The victim in this case, Tina Tintor, had her vehicle burst into flames and she and her dog were both killed in the crash. Her funeral, by the way, is scheduled for tomorrow. So when the attorney says that I can tell each and every one of you that I have had multiple experiences where the facts that were presented at the outset of the case turned out not to be the facts, is is he trying to say that Henry Ruggs was not driving intoxicated or under the influence and was not going 156 miles per hour with a blood alcohol content twice the legal limit in the state of Nevada? Again, I'm not an attorney. I understand his job is to defend his client and get the best possible outcome for his client. But Again, uh, these facts seem to be pretty clear cut to me. A man behind the wheel driving 156 miles per hour with a blood alcohol content twice the legal limit in the state of Nevada crashes into another vehicle which burst into flames and a 23-year-old female burns in the car with her dog. Just asking the question, am I missing something here? Am I missing something here? Again, nothing surprises me anymore in this day and age. And I understand that if defense attorney has to do their job, that's how the judicial system works. All right. Uh, before I came on, I read that Odell Beckham was considering the Chiefs, the Packers, 
and the Saints. Good luck to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and whomever lines up to play quarterback for the Saints. I say good luck because I think you're going to need it. So good luck. By the way, the Chiefs, they are playing the Raiders in Las Vegas on Sunday night. I think that's the biggest game on the card uh, this weekend in the National Football League. So, hey, if you want to get in on the show, all you got to do is raise your hand, hit that hand icon, and we'll get you right on if you want to talk about the Kings or anything else. And if you listened to my podcast yesterday with Tom Brennan, I would love to know what you thought of the podcast. If not, uh, I went out for a long walk this morning. I listened to the podcast again, and uh, I thought what Tom said was phenomenal. I thought it was a great conversation with Tom, and I really encourage you to listen to that podcast uh, if you have not. Uh, you can find it on your favorite podcast platform uh, if you didn't if you don't like that uh, with Grant Napier. But back to the uh, Sunday game. Uh, Kansas City is at Las Vegas. We run down the NFL schedule tomorrow uh, in Miami. It's Baltimore at Miami. I can't see Miami staying on the field here. You have Atlanta at Dallas, uh, Tennessee at home to New Orleans. Jacksonville travels to Indy. Cleveland is at New England. I think that's going to be a dandy. The Jets host Buffalo. Detroit's in Pittsburgh. Tampa travels to Washington. Arizona hosts Carolina. It's the Vikes and the Chargers at SoFi in L.A. Philly is in Denver. Seattle is at Green Bay. We know uh, there's a good chance that Aaron Rodgers will be back if he clears uh, the COVID protocol and everything else on Saturday. Russell Wilson for Seattle. Seattle three up and five down. If they lose, uh, they are pretty much out of it. I don't see them making that type of a comeback. We told you about Kansas City and Las Vegas, and then the Rams are at San Francisco. And, you know, when you talk about San Francisco, and I did a rant on this today, what do you think of Kyle Shanahan, right? Since the 49ers were in the Super Bowl two years ago, uh, this has been a bad football team. Now, last year, you can point to the injuries, and you can look at Jimmy Garoppolo and the rest of the team that was decimated by injuries. What's your excuse this year? Three and five, horrible loss a couple of weeks ago at home to Green Bay, which really, to me, is the turning point of the season. They're not going to be in the playoffs. You have Arizona at 8-1. and one. The Rams at 7-2. and two. Uh, Niners aren't good enough. And if Seattle loses this week, they're done. That's just the way it is. Now, in the NFC South, you've got Tampa at 6-2, New Orleans 5-3, Green Bay 7-2, and two, and Dallas will come out of the NFC East. We know that already at 6-2. and two. The question is, who is going to have home field advantage in the NFC? Arizona is in the driver's seat. However, Green Bay beat Arizona to hand them their only loss. So if the Packers and the Cardinals end up with the same record, then Green Bay would get home field if those two teams meet up. Green Bay also could find themselves with home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It's either going to be Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, or Arizona, in my opinion. I'm not counting out the Rams, but that's that's how I'm seeing that. All right? Now, the question to me, is who would be the other wildcard team besides the loser of the NFC West? Who is going to be the wildcard team? Minnesota, I don't believe in. No one in the NFC East. So are we looking at the runner-up to Tampa 
assuming they win the division? Would it be New Orleans? I, I can't really see Atlanta. I just, yeah. It's going to be very interesting because I think the team with the second wild card record, uh, the record is not going to be very good. Meanwhile, in the AFC, all of a sudden, Buffalo's got three losses. They still have to play New England twice, who's five and four. Baltimore is a game up on Pittsburgh. I got to tell you, I thought I buried Pittsburgh. I may be wrong there. I buried them. I thought they were going to be the team that ended up last in their division. They're five and three. Cleveland and Cincinnati are five and four. Tennessee is going to win the AFC South. They're seven and two. To me, the AFC West, you have the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. One of those teams is going to have six wins this week, meaning the Raiders or the Chiefs, because they play one another. That's a big game. I mean, that is a very big game. I am not sold on the Chiefs this year. I think they have big issues. Uh, the Raiders are coming off their worst game of the year at New York against the Giants. But they're at home. There will be no letdown this week. Doesn't mean they're going to win. But clearly, there will not be a letdown for the Raiders this week. So those are some of the topics. Give me a shout. All you got to do is hit that hand icon, raise your hand, and I will get you right on. It's that simple. Raise your hand, and let's talk about anything going on uh, in the world of sports. You know, it's not only sports. You know, Tom Brenneman said this yesterday on my podcast, and he's so right. The The world we live in is just ridiculous. It's, it's almost like... Uh, it's it's hard sometimes to even pick up your phone and look at what's going on in the world, particularly in the media and social media. Yeah, I haven't been following a Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial, but it's just the venom and the the just I don't know what kind of world we're living in. I really don't. And in, I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you would think that Aaron Rodgers is Henry Ruggs for crying out loud. And I say that. Because, you know, all of the attention and all the venom and all the hostility and anger is directed at Aaron Rodgers because he elected not to get vaccinated. And, yes, I understand he deceived people, and I'm not making excuses for him. But you would think that Aaron Rodgers was in his vehicle and took the life of an innocent person. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It really is. And again, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is absolved of criticism. I've criticized him too. I think he deserves some criticism. But I mean, you would think that Aaron Rodgers just committed the worst freaking crime in the history of professional sports. I mean, it's absurd. I mean, it really is. The attacks on Rodgers have gone overboard. Overboard. Yes, he deserves criticism. But I mean, every single night and day, the piling on of Aaron Rodgers as if everyone out there is perfect is unfreaking believable to me. It really is. And is, is this going to go on for the rest of the year? Because you and I both know if Aaron Rodgers plays Sunday against Seattle, the first question that he's going to receive in this postgame press conference has to do with not being vaccinated, and it's going to be the common theme. And I know Aaron, and Aaron will address it once, and he will say, I'm not talking about it the rest of the season. 
or he will say, I've already addressed it. Uh, let's talk about football. But he will still be asked, and it will be an ongoing thing. He'll be asked about his alma mater and Cal. I'm sure you've seen their game is postponed. I think I read, what, 40 COVID cases? And he, he will not be able to get away from this. You saw it Saturday Night Live. You've seen Stephen A. Smith. I saw Shannon Sharp. I mean, it, it's just, everyone's killing him. Howard Stern killed him. I've seen, you know, members of the news media killing him. Yeah, I don't see anybody doing that to Henry Ruggs. I really don't. I, I think our world, our society is so freaking backwards. So freaking backwards. All right, if you want to uh, ask me a question, all you need to do is give me a shout. All you got to do is hit your hand icon, and we'll put you right on. All right? Let me know. Hit your hand icon, and I'll make sure that we put you uh, right on. Uh, NBA. Any trends that you are seeing right now that alarm you? All right? Like if you're a fan of the Portland Trailblazers, what do you see with Portland? Do you see the Portland Trailblazers as a team that maybe is not as good as we thought? Give me your thoughts on that. What do you see with the Portland Trailblazers? They lose last night to the Clippers. They're now five and six. Golden State nine and one. The Jazz eight and three. Dallas seven and three. Phoenix has found themselves. They've won five in a row. You got Denver, who's, you know, only six and four. The Clippers have now won five in a row. The Lakers are six and five. And Sacramento and Portland are in ninth and tenth, respectively, with a record of five and six. And again, Sacramento opens up a four-game road trip uh, tonight in San Antonio. So hit that hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and uh, we will get you right on. All right? Hit that hand icon, give me a question, uh, and we will talk some sports. Meanwhile, when you look at the East, Atlanta, who last year where the darlings of the Eastern Conference are off to a horrific start at four up and eight down. They have lost five in a row. Boston is only four and six. You look at the Knicks, who are not bad at seven and four, but last year they were the fourth seed in the East. Atlanta was fifth. Miami is seven and three. How about the Bulls at seven and three? And how about those Washington Wizards? Gotta love the Wizards. Seven and three for those Washington Wizards. Philadelphia, eight up and four down. They've lost two in a row. Cleveland, Brooklyn, and the next seven and four, and Toronto at six and five. But how about the Celtics, four and six? Atlanta, four and eight. How about that? How about that? The Atlanta Hawks have lost five games in a row, and now all of a sudden find themselves way behind the pack in the Eastern Conference. So I would say Atlanta to me is a surprise. And I think Portland is a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think Portland was great or even very good when the season began. 
but I thought they would be a little bit better than they are right now uh, at five and six. New coach. I was not in favor of Terry Stotts leaving. I did not think that was a good move. So that's how I look at a lot of the things going on in the uh, NBA. If you want to talk some NFL, we'll do that. You want to talk college football or anything else going on, all you got to do is hit your hand icon uh, and I will put you right on. Also, what do you think about the college football rankings with Georgia 1, Alabama 2? Here's the deal. If Georgia and Alabama meet in the SEC championship game, and I think that they will, if Alabama loses to Georgia in Atlanta in the SEC championship game, they're out, right? You can't have a two-loss team in the Final Four, can you? What would happen if Ohio State has two losses and Michigan were to have two losses? Oklahoma is undefeated. If they run the table, would they jump into the top four? Right? There's no way Alabama can lose to Georgia. All right, how about this scenario? How about Alabama loses to Georgia in overtime in the SEC championship game? Do you think the committee would put them in? And, you know, you talk about Oklahoma. Who have they played? Seriously. Texas, their biggest game is this week against Baylor. When I say biggest game, I'm talking about the toughest game. On the road at number 13, Baylor Bears. And then they play a very good team in Oklahoma State on the road. I don't think Oklahoma's going undefeated. I can see them losing this week to Baylor. I'm not so sure that they'll beat Illinois State, although I think that they would, but I don't think that's a gimme And that at Oklahoma State. Here's the deal. If Oklahoma beats Baylor, currently ranked 13th, and then they win on the road against Oklahoma State at 10, they're going to end up, I think, in the college football playoff. And I, I personally think that they would deserve it. I think they will deserve it. If they're undefeated, they should be a Final Four team. Cincinnati shouldn't be, not ahead of Oklahoma if Oklahoma goes undefeated. I believe if Alabama loses to Georgia, they'll be out of it. If Georgia, or if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia will be in, no doubt about it, Georgia would still be in the college football playoff. Alabama would be one. Georgia would probably fall to three or four, but they're not going to fall out of four. If Oklahoma were to win out, they'll get into the top four. If Ohio State wins out, they'll be in the top four. So there's your four teams. Georgia, Alabama, right? Ohio State, and Oklahoma. That's if Oklahoma runs out, and that's if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Oregon, because of their schedule, in my opinion, would not be in the Final Four. Even though they beat Ohio State, their schedule is just not very good. I mean, who you know, the Pac-12 stinks. Stinks. They got ca- I mean, think about their schedule. It's cupcakesville. All right? It's a down year for the conference. I don't think there's any way in the world you could put them in there. That's if Ohio State wins out. And again, I I don't want to contradict myself. If Oregon wins out and they each only have one loss, yes, I understand that Oregon won at Columbus. And I believe that it's important. 
But when you look at Ohio State's schedule against Oregon's, I'm sorry, it's not even comparable. It's not comparable. And I think you got it. You, you know, you cannot ignore that. You know, you have to look at the schedules in college football. That's why I keep saying this. I am not a fan of Cincinnati because of their schedule. You know, I, I just don't believe that they should be in the Final Four with the schedule that they have. They don't play anybody. I mean, you look at Ohio State. Yes, they lost to Oregon. 35-28, but they play, you know, they play Penn State when they ranked in the top 20. And here's the other deal. In their final two games, they play seventh-ranked Michigan State and sixth-ranked Michigan. So if they win both those games, that's a hell of a lot more impressive than what the Oregon Ducks have done with their schedule. And that's why, to me, I would have to have Ohio State ahead of Oregon if Ohio State wins out in the rest of their games. So that's how I see it. If Oklahoma goes undefeated, to me, they're in. If Ohio State runs the table, they're going to be in. And if Alabama beats Georgia, those are your other two teams. Sorry for Cincinnati, too bad. Sorry for Oregon, too bad. You had a very easy schedule. Your best win was on Ohio State, and that was a hell of a win. But you didn't play anybody else all year. Ken? Not ignore that. Can't ignore that. All right, if you want to get in on the program, just hit your hand icon, raise your hand. We'll get you right on. Uh, Thursday night football tomorrow is not a good game with Baltimore uh, at Miami. I really cannot see that game being close. I really can't. I would be surprised. That would really surprise me if that game tomorrow is close. I think Baltimore will destroy them. Joe, well, let's get to you. Joe, how are you? You're on with Grant Napier. Hey, Grant, I'm doing good, man. Hey, I just want to say congratulations. Been listening to you for 20 years off and on. Really enjoyed uh, listening to you on the Jim Rome show. Uh, what do you think about getting back on that station with him? Uh, if they ask me, I will do it. The problem is I live in South Florida now, and you know most of their fill-ins live on the West Coast because you have to be there. You can't do it on remote because it's on TV. But, you know, I'm keeping all doors open. Even if I never get a chance to do it, I had a marvelous, I think I filled in for Jim for, I don't know, 17, 18 years. And uh, I was blessed to do that. It was a great opportunity for me. And I enjoyed every minute of it. Well, I appreciate that. I do a lot of driving, so I just can't wait to, you know, get you on the radio to listen to what you have to say. So I appreciate you. Uh, Good luck to you and your family. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. I very much appreciate that. You take care. Thank you. All right. Good stuff right there from Joe. Uh, I appreciate the uh, kind words. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App. It's John. John, thank you very much. How are you today? I'm good, Grant. How are you? I'm good, John. What can I do for you? I wanted to see what you think about the Kings. Uh, I think it's a four-game road trip yep. against some pretty inferior, not inferior, but um, not the strongest opponents. Uh, what do you think they have to, what do you think, what do you expect them to go? Three, three and one. one. Two, three and one. Okay. Yep. I think that they need to go three and one on this trip. As you said, uh, they are not playing good teams. And I'm not saying the Kings are a good team, but the Kings are not a bad team, if that makes sense. They're not, to me, a good team yet, but they're not a bad team. And to me, on this road trip, they need to go three and one. Uh, San Antonio is really struggling. They're not very good. They play them tonight. And I expect the Kings to beat San Antonio. I like the way they match up. I like the way they matched up last year. 
against the Spurs. I think that they're just a more athletic and a better team. So I think that they will win. Uh, they should win Friday at Oklahoma City. Detroit's the worst team in the league. And then I could see them losing to Minnesota uh, to end the trip. But I think the Kings should go no worse than 3-1. and one. Here's, here's the way I look at that. And I know that there's no such thing as an automatic win, John. But for the sake of our conversation, Detroit and Oklahoma City have to flat out be wins. And then you got to split San Antonio and Minnesota. Okay, that's a good way to look at it. I kind of don't even uh, – I look at a segment of games. I don't even predict the wins for each particular game. I just say hopefully 3-1, and one, hopefully 2-2, two and two, hopefully whatever. Because, you know, when I predict a win, it's a loss. When I predict a loss, it's a win on these types of deals. And I just yep. kind of just – Hope that the the aggregate is a little is what I'm hoping for. You know? Yeah, the Thunder are playing a little bit better. They've won two in a row, including you know, come back against the Lakers. But I, I I just to me the Kings are a better team than them. Uh, they're a better team than the Spurs. Detroit is horrible. So to me the Detroit game's got to be an automatic win, and then you got to figure out a way to win two of the other three games. Right. I think that looking at the looking at the standings, you know, they they may be competing with uh, not with OKC. They're kind of on the indefinite tank right now, but um, Minnesota for sure. And, and San Antonio is going to try to win as much as possible while Popovich is still the coach. Um, so yeah, to me, the, King, the Kings chief, it's, in my opinion, the teams that are fighting for the top 10 spots yeah. with the Kings being ninth right now, it's Sacramento, Portland, and Minnesota. Uh, and I'll, I'll include San Antonio just for the heck of it. But those are the four teams fighting for uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. I don't think the Kings are a top eight team. And I'll tell you why to me, these are the teams they're not better than. They're not better than the Warriors. They're not better than the Jazz. They're not better than the Mavs. They're not better than the Suns. They're not better than Memphis. They're not better than Denver. Uh, clearly, to me, I know the Lakers are off to a bad start, but they're not better than the Lakers. The Clippers, I'm not sold on yet, but for sake of argument, I'm going to say they're not better than the Clippers. Those are eight teams that I just mentioned right there. Sure. Hey, speaking of what I was listening earlier, you talked about what teams are, are I, I don't know if it was like a surprise or something like that is what you yeah, said. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. The Lakers, I'm not, I'm not concerned for the Lakers because I'm a longtime Kings fan, but like, you know, the Lakers are not looking good, you know, especially with LeBron having an abdominal injury yep. and Westbrook being awful to start the season. Hopefully he turns it around. Not for, not, I mean, you know, he will probably turn it around as he did in Washington gets used to whatever and gets better, but uh, he's so he's terrible right now. And, yeah, he is um, terrible, but LeBron is going to come back, and I agree with you, an abdominal injury is nothing to be messing around, but when he does come back, then you all of a sudden have you know, one of the very best players in the history of the game coming back that's still very good, and I think LeBron by himself would be able to put the Lakers into the playoffs, but you make a good point about Westbrook. He's been not very good. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Grant. Hey, John, thank you very much. Good stuff right there. If you want to get on, all you got to do is raise your hand and uh, we will put you right on. You know, Sacramento cannot take anyone for granted, uh, but they've got a real good chance on this road trip to pick up some ground. All right? Because they're not playing good teams. None of the teams that they're playing are good. So they really need to pad their schedule and they need De'Aaron Fox to wake up, right? They need De'Aaron Fox to wake up and start playing the way he's capable of because he has not been good. Jay, you're on with Grant Napier. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Grant, how are you, I'm buddy? good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey, I missed the beginning of your show, so I apologize if I if this is a, a repeat comment here. But did you see that um, – I think it was C.D. Lamb got fined $20,000 for uh, – 
his uh, shirt not being tucked in, and uh, I think the uh, fine for um, Aaron Rodgers was like fourteen thousand. It's disgraceful. It's a it's an embarrassment <laughs> for the National Football League. It's an absolute. It's a disgrace. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, 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 they just they just are doing everything possible to lose all their all yep. their credibility with it with it, with every opportunity to do something right. It, 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 and it, and it, here's the other deal: then they let the Minnesota Vikings players go out onto the preseason or the pre pregame warm up with free old Dell shirts, and that's fine. Uh, the NFL, I'll tell you right now, you know what I think the biggest problem with the NFL is? I think it's their commissioner. I think Roger Goodell has lost the confidence of the paying public and the NFL fan, and I think that the National Football League needs a new face to run the oil leak. That's what I think. Yeah, 100%. There was a, um, a, sports, a sports announcer uh, that uh, I really respect that came up with the idea of, hey, um, uh, Peyton, might be, Peyton Manning might be a good NFL commissioner, and I, I, agree, I agree with that analyst. I think that is spot on. I do, I do too, but Peyton has said he doesn't want to do it. And so, um, yeah. you know, that, that's the other issue. It was like when they said that Bob Costas would be a really good baseball commissioner. I agree. But Bob didn't want to do it. So you got to want to do it. It's not the easiest job in the world. Yeah, you make a ton of money, but you, you have a lot of issues. I just think that Roger Goodell has proven, yeah, his heart is in the right place. He's always been an NFL guy. Yes, he makes a lot of money for the owners. And yes, the owners hire him. But from a public perception perspective, the guy has not been good. I, I, I think that the, uh, again, I think a lot of NFL fans have lost faith in the National Football League and the commissioner. Yeah, I agree. They're gonna they're, they got to figure they got to figure that one out, or they're just gonna continue to yep. stumble over their own feet. Yeah, and I agree with you on the Kings. I, I think that this coming up road trip, you look at it on paper, you say, well, gosh, this should be four wins, but it, it really needs to at least be three wins, you know, to to stay in contention for that uh, eight, nine, ten spot. You just don't know what injuries might happen where to other teams where there there might be a there might be a opening for seven or eight. But I agree with your assessment that. You know, as there, as everything stands right now, you know the top eight is going to be awful tough to break into. But there shouldn't be any reason that they shouldn't be able to compete for for nine, ten, and then you kind of see what happens. But but you have to win the games you you should be yep. winning, and that starts, that certainly starts tonight. And I would say the other thing is the Kings to me are a better team on the road uh, than they are at home, and that's another reason. And when they come home from this trip. They have Toronto at home, Utah at home, Philly at home, Portland at home. Tough, tough homestand. Then they go to the Lakers. Then they go to Memphis. Then home Lakers at the Clippers, home Clippers. So, you know, to me, that's another reason why you need to make sure you get some wins on this road trip because I, I don't see a lot of wins with those games that I just mentioned. They'll win some of them. But, again, I don't think the Kings are very good at home. I think they're a better team on the road. Yeah, yeah, and it's too bad. Thank you, All Jay. Right, I Thank really you. appreciate it. You have a good rest of the day. You know, and again, not a lot of people are – well, you tell me. I don't see – I think there are a lot of empty seats. I think I understand why there are a lot of empty seats. I've had a lot of people tell me why there are a lot of empty seats. You know, the organization, quite frankly, has turned off a lot of people. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. They've turned off a lot of their fans, and a lot of their fans have canceled their tickets. I, I don't know that uh, as a – Rumor, I know that as a fact, all right? I know as a fact that a lot of Sacramento Kings season ticket holders have said, I'm done, and they're not supporting the team anymore. And a lot of those people are premium ticket holders. And again, I, that's not a rumor. I know that to be factual. So I, I, I just, the, to me, this franchise is really teetering 
on the cliff. And what I mean by that is I believe that this year's team is better than last year and previous years. I believe that. I believe their team is better. Okay? But what I believe and seeing it are two different things. And if we get to, let's say, the first of the year, and this team has fallen out of real playoff contention, if you think the arena looks bad now with all the empty seats, just wait. Just wait. To me, this is a very, very critical stretch for Sacramento coming up. Very critical stretch. All right, let's get to some more calls, and we check in here with Alfred. Hey, Al, how are you? I'm good, Grant. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, I listen to your podcast. I listen to most of your podcasts and with the, with Tom Brenneman. And, you know, the, all I can say is, you know, he made a mistake. He knows he made a mistake. But, but I mean, is he going to get an, I don't know if he's going to get another chance. I really don't in this day and age. You know, I just don't. Yeah, in this day and age, I don't know if he will either. And that's a real shame. You know, to me, actions speak louder than words. And I think his actions should take precedent over his words, which, by the way, was a mistake. And no one no one admits it more than Tom. I mean, he said it. He yeah. said, hey, I, I dug my own grave. I mean, he was very open and very honest about that. But to me, you know, how does Brian Williams lie as the main anchor for NBC News? Gives a bold-faced lie about mm-hmm. his reporting uh, in, I believe it was Iraq, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And yet, yeah. you know, he gets fired. And then he's the head of MSNBC. How does that happen? Why does Brian Williams get to lie as a news anchor? Lie. And now he gets a second chance. And yet Tom Brenneman wouldn't get a second chance. Like, what the hell kind of world is this? It's just, it's just like, like I, I posted a comment, but I mean, people are the court of public opinion. People are going to be judged, judgmental and nobody can judge Brenneman or anybody else. He, he, he shouldn't be. It's not up to us to judge him. He made a mistake, He's, but people make mistakes. But I just, I hope he gets another shot. But I, when I look at your situation, oh my gosh, you said all lives matter every single. You didn't. It wasn't a slur like mm-hmm. uh, Brennan. It wasn't a. I mean, I don't. I don't know. And then there's too many double standards. Yeah. Well, and listen, I didn't ask Tom. I didn't ask Tom in the interview to speak up for me and he did and i appreciate that but you know because i i don't want to be self-serving here i but but tom said it all tom what tom said about me is you know i'm trying to take a step back here is 100 percent correct yeah and i i really think your case and i i think i posted a comment but i i'll let you go in a minute your case i hope it goes to trial because it would be huge because it would really be a blow for uh logical thinking or whatever you want to call I, it but i hope so too uh thank you very much i really appreciate that uh because bonneville international if you're a new here uh just go do me a favor and google bonneville international leadership just google that all right and you go look at their leadership bonneville international in salt lake city google that all right look at their leadership i'm not even going to tell you anything other than that google bonneville international leadership And just look at the people at the head of their company. And I'm racist? Okay. I got you. All right. If you want to get in on the program, raise your hand, and we'll put you right on. Really, I've had some good calls today, and I greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. 
at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, uh, and we will do it again on Friday. All right? And again, an open forum today. If you want to get in before I close down the show, now is your opportunity. All right? And again, if you did not listen to my interview on my podcast with Tom Brenneman, I really encourage you to do so. I thought it was tremendous what Tom said. I have a lot of respect for Tom. I really loved what he had to say. I really do. I I have a lot of respect for the way he's handled himself uh, throughout this situation. And again, he was very forthcoming. He has no one to blame but himself. He's taking it right on. And I, I respect the hell out of him uh, for saying that. And what he's done in the interim. Because after all, I've always said actions speak louder than words. And his actions over the last uh, 15 months are top shelf. Top shelf indeed. All right. I'll be back tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining me here on Listen App. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening. Uh, I'm going to bring you the content every day. And we got a couple of special things coming up on the horizon, too. All right, so thank you. Until tomorrow, Grant Napier saying It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.